Exodus chapter 40, uh, beginning with verse 34. This is actually the last of the book of Exodus. And if you're not familiar, the beginning of Exodus starts out with the Israelites, God's people. They're in slavery. They're in bondage to the Egyptians. And uh, Pharaoh saw that they were getting stronger, saw that if we let these guys go, they're going to end up overcoming us, defeating us. And so they put them into bondage. They were stronger in their bodies, but they put them into bondage in their minds. Because if you are broken down in your mind, you'll never achieve anything, regardless of what kind of physical state or physical strength you have. So Pharaoh looked at him and said, man, these guys are getting stronger. They're stronger than us. They keep multiplying. They keep having babies. So then he eventually goes in and says, all right, every male child two years and under, just cut them off. We, we don't just get rid of them. They're, they're growing. They're multiplying. They're getting stronger. And one day they're going to realize who they are. And they're going see the, the enemy's more afraid of you than you are of him. And so God raised up a deliverer. God raised up a man by the name of Moses and sent him in. Uh, he, he was able to sneak in, ended up being raised right under Pharaoh's nose, right in Pharaoh's palace. And uh, Pharaoh didn't even know that uh, he was training up and raising up the deliverer that was going to end up redeeming God's people. And so now they're in the wilderness. And um, although they knew the destination, uh, they disregarded the direction. And how many of you know that when you're traveling somewhere, destination is not all that you need to know? Knowing where you're going is where you start, but then how do you get there? Destination demands direction, right? Destination demands that I have some kind of steps or something that's telling me. I remember uh, growing up, uh, we traveled quite a bit. Uh, we would take trips, you know, to different places, um, uh, you know, different vacations. Uh, we even moved to Washington, D.C. for a couple years and lived there. And uh, my dad traveling, um, he, he wasn't really interested in the journey, and neither am I. I'm, I'm not a journey person. I'm not a take your time, see the sights, stay over. I'm, here's point A and here's point B, and, and get me there as fast as possible. In fact, you learned a couple of weeks ago just how fast as possible. Uh, apparently, I would like to go. And... Um, so, you know, my pastor obviously got to share a little dirt on me and uh, my history, my driving history. And uh, I learned a lesson that morning. Um, but, you know, I, I honestly I get that from my dad um, driving up, driving in the city. And, and then my dad got it from his dad. I learned a couple of years ago we were uh, with some of my uh, dad's side of the family. And um, a lot of the little tricks and little things that my dad would do. For trips, I found out my grandfather did, like leaving at midnight. That was my dad's thing. Sleep all day and leave at 12 o'clock and do the bulk of your driving between the hours of 12 and 8 a.m. when nobody else is on the road and you're up at night and the kids are asleep, not asking, well, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? I got to go to the bathroom. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Got to go get a snack. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? And so, uh, you know, when I moved to Florida, uh, you know, 13 years ago, uh, my dad did the same thing, and I was driving a little uh, Chevy S10, red Chevy S10 pickup truck that did not have cruise control. So the whole way from Texas to Florida, I did not have cruise control, and and we're just going, and we started about midnight, 12 o'clock, 
And um, we did not stop except for gas. That's it. You don't stop for nothing. I don't even bother calling my dad and saying, oh, I got to, you just, you, you know, if the tank's not low, we're cruising, we're going. And, uh, and so I learned that from my dad. And we got to Florida, we got in that night about 9 o'clock. So from 12 a.m. to 9 p.m. that night, we just drove, we stopped to, uh, for gas, we stopped for breakfast at a, 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 a Hardee's or a Waffle House, one of the two. And then we stopped for lunch I want to say somewhere around uh, Pensacola-ish, and then that was it. That was all the stopping we did, because that's the way my dad was. It was get from one place to the other. There was no journey. There was no, hey, let's hang out, and let's just get there and be done with it. And so, you know, we, we often are destination-minded, right? you got to have vision. We've got to be people with vision. I'll be spending the month of August uh, reiterating the vision of our church and what that means for our church and what direction I usually take the month of August to just c- center ourselves around the vision of Anchor Faith Church because the Bible says without vision, my people perish. If we, can't, if we don't know where we're going, how will you know when you get there? If you don't know the destination, how do you know if you're not going the right direction? You hear me? But see, you know, growing up, uh, you know, we didn't have GPS systems. We didn't have Siri. Hey, Siri, tell me how to get home. Hey, Siri. You know, Siri's getting a little scary these days. I'm not kidding you. The other day I was on the phone. Just a little side note for you. I was on the phone talking uh, to Marcus Kreiner, Pastor Marcus, our worship pastor. I was down in St. Augustine. I was staying the night with him and I was leaving where I was coming from and and uh, and saying, hey, I'll be at your house in about 15 minutes. Just wanted you to know, do you need me to get anything? You need me to pick up anything? I'll be there in about 15 minutes. Hang up the phone. Look back at my phone. And it was literally, it had already given me directions to his house. I'm not kidding you. I am not even kidding you. That it was not an event in my calendar. It wasn't a text message where it was, it was literally listening to my conversation, figured out who I was talking to based upon the contact in my phone. And when I said I'm on the way, it knew to give me directions automatically where I'm going. Siri, Siri is getting a little crazy. In fact, Siri uh, is, is going to be a major hindrance to my message today because I'm talking about being led by the Holy Spirit. But if, if we're not careful, we'll, we'll let some natural things lead us rather than the Holy Spirit. So anyways, with that regard, we didn't have that growing up. Remember, my dad, he'd break out this huge, uh, what was it, Rand McNally or, or Randall McNally or something like that, these huge maps. And, I'm, I don't, and thinking back, like, how did that even get you anywhere? Like, I see point A and point B, but how does that even show you what exits to take and, 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 you know, forget, you know, getting off course and getting back on track? I mean, you know, I remember when I started driving, at least we had the Internet and we had MapQuest. Anybody remember MapQuest.com? And you could punch that in ahead of time and you could put point A and then it would give you the step-by-step directions. And then I remember when I got my first TomTom. Anybody remember TomToms? Yep. Got my little tom-tom sitting up there. It was about 10 inches wide and, uh, you know, weighed probably about 8 pounds. And it would sit up in your dash and it would, it would show you. And now we've got phones that literally tell us. I don't even need to look anymore. It would just tell me. And now they'll tell you exactly what lane to be in. And they'll, if you get off track, it'll tell you how to get back on course. And it'll tell you and it'll remind you over and over, okay, I'm exiting to get some food. Rerouting. 
rerouting, recalculating. I don't want to recalculate. I'm getting gas right now. Don't you understand my life? And so we, we've got all these things that give us what? The directions to the destination. And so here in Exodus chapter 40, God's people, they have a destination, right? There's a promised land. Now, we know that they're wandering around. They're going in circles. But God always remembers the destination. Even when you're stuck going in circles, God always knows how to get you back on track. And so verse 34, he says, then the cloud covered the tabernacle meeting. Tabernacle of of meeting and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And Moses was not able to enter the tabernacle of meeting because the cloud rested above it and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Whenever the cloud was taken up from above the tabernacle, the children of Israel would go onward in all their journeys. But if the cloud was not taken up, watch, then they did not journey till the day that it was taken up. For the cloud of the Lord was above the tabernacle by day and fire was over it by night. God knows how to guide you regardless of of night or day, good or bad. If everything's going your way or everything seems awry, it doesn't matter. God knows how to direct you and guide you. Fire was over it by night in the sight of all the house of Israel throughout all their journeys. And so we see that God was leading his people. God was guiding his people. But he was guiding them. He was guiding them with something that, you know, really when you think about it, is kind of a weird way to guide somebody with a cloud. You know, for me, when I think of clouds or cloudiness, I don't, I don't usually, uh, you know, parallel that with clarity. You know, like if you say... Uh, you know, you, you seem clouded. That usually has to do with confusion, right? It usually doesn't have to do with confidence. There's a difference. There's a strong difference. And so he's, he's identifying that I'm going to lead you with a cloud, something that doesn't really provide much clarity, something that doesn't really give me a, a necessary direction. But how many of you know that God's directions come with instructions? See, God's not so much interested in following what you see as much as he is by following what you hear. I'll never forget, Brother Hagen. Uh, Jesus visited Kenneth E. Hagen five times, literally physically visited him five times. And in the last time, he said, this is the last time I will, I will speak to you in this way, in this manner, in person. He said, from now on, I will, I will lead you by the still, small voice, in, in the, the Holy Spirit on the inside. And, and Brother Hagin went on to say this. It's in his book, How to Be Led by the Spirit of God. It's in his book. He said, the greatest need for the church in the last days, the greatest need, it's not boldness. It's not it's not, you know, larger churches and bigger offerings and, 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 and all these things. He said the greatest need for the church in the last days is the ability to hear and follow the voice of the Holy Spirit. Now, what would that look like if the church could hear and follow the voice of the Holy Spirit 
as clearly and as easily as we follow so much so many other things. I believe a lot of what we see in our world today and a lot of what we have, uh, you know, that's vying for our attention today. Is merely established as a distraction from being able to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. I, I don't care how technologically advanced we get. I don't care how many social media outlets there are. I don't care uh, uh, how close we can be with people that are millions of miles around the world. None of that is ever, will ever relieve us of the responsibility of following the Holy Spirit. And there's no device that they'll ever create that'll help you follow the Holy Spirit any better than what we already have from day one. And I believe that in these last days, Now, more so than ever, do we need to be led by the Spirit. I'll tell you what, parents. Parents, if you want to teach your children something valuable, you want to teach your children something, teach them to hear the voice of God and be sensitive to it. How many, how many things, just just think with me. How many things, how many problems would we keep ourselves out of if we follow the voice of the Holy Spirit? How many times would we react appropriately if we followed the voice of the Holy Spirit? How many messes would we not have to clean up if we followed the voice of the Holy Spirit? You know, I, you know, we'll, we'll never be void of making mistakes, right? Y'all figured that out by now? We've been around long enough that you're never going to get it right all the time. Nobody's perfect. But I've learned that when you have vision, even your mistakes are different. You might step out of the boat, and you, you might even sink at one point, but you're there with Jesus. It'd be worse if he stepped out of the boat and wasn't called. But Jesus was there to pull him out, right? When you've got vision for your life, even your mistakes are different. I would rather make a mistake stepping out in faith than not stepping out at all. Because that's the greatest mistake we could ever make. But being led... By the Holy Spirit, this cloud is a type and shadow of the presence of God or, to put it another way, the spirit of God. Because where his spirit is, there his presence is. And over in John, let me jump ahead here, in John chapter 14. Can I just be real simple this morning? Is that okay? Can we just teach a little bit? John chapter 14. And um, verse 16, he says, and I will pray the Father. This is Jesus speaking. This is some of Jesus' last words to his disciples. His last words. And basically he's passing the baton. And he says, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth. Whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. This is how close the Holy Spirit ought to be to every believer. We talk a lot about God the Father and we we make a big deal about Jesus the Son. But the Holy Spirit is the one who is in the earth. And even closer than that, he's in us. When that verse says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world, it's not talking about Jesus. It's talking about the Holy Spirit. 
Greater is he that is in you. I know we say it, you know, you ask Jesus into your heart, but that's not true. The Holy Spirit is the one that comes and he infills you and inhabits you and lives inside you. You can't get any closer to that. You can't get any closer to the Holy Spirit than you are when you are first born again. You can simply become more sensitive. Right? Because we know that just uh, uh, proximity alone does not mean we're sensitive. I mean, we, we, have, we have married couples all across this nation. They sleep in the same bed, same bed live in the same house, share everything, yet they, they, they're, 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 they're so much further than... There's no closeness there. There's no intimacy there. Proximity alone does not mean that I have a connection to or a sensitivity to. No, I've got to get to know the Holy Spirit. I'm afraid we're raising a church today in this in this generation that does not know the Holy Spirit. Not know about the Holy Spirit, but know him, talk to him, commune with him, speak to him, allow him to speak to you. The Holy Spirit is who God is using in these last days to speak to and through his church. The Holy Spirit. And so this cloud is a type in shadow. But, but what I've noticed a lot of times, and this is where a lot of people get thrown off, is sometimes being led by the Spirit doesn't always necessarily offer that much clarity. Now, when I say that, I'm not talking about what he says because he speaks clearly. And he'll speak directly if you allow him to. The first step is simply allowing him to. The first step is simply becoming sensitive to the cloud. I mean, they, we have the cloud here with these Israelites. And, and, and they did not journey if the cloud wasn't with them. There's that one point Moses said, I, I, would, I, I would rather be anywhere except only with your presence. If your presence isn't with me, I don't want to be there. Even David said that. David said, if I assign, uh, uh, ascend to the highest heavens... I know you're there. And if I even go to the, the, the bottom of the pit, you're there. I could be anywhere knowing I have his presence as long as he's with me. Right? We know the destination. We know where he's leading us. We know where he's guiding us. You've got to get that. But now what's the direction that I take? What are the instructions that I follow? And, and, and notice here that the cloud doesn't necessarily Open things up and, and make things all of a sudden clear to my seeing, to my understanding. See, when the Bible says, talks about seeing, it, it, it identifies it a lot with understanding or perception or perceiving. Even Jesus said, this people, they have eyes to see, but what? They don't see. How does that even make any sense? It means that they have eyes to see, but they're not using them. They're not perceiving. Their perception is off. They have ears to hear, but they do not hear. That's a scary place to be. You know what that's called? That's called deception. Because I have the tools and resources that ought to be producing the results, but yet the results are not being produced. But yet I go on acting and living as if I'm producing those results. That's, that's called being deceived. Be a doer of the word, not a hearer only. What? Deceiving yourself. Deception. And so we recognize that this cloud 
that God has leading the Israelites here is giving them direction. It's, it's giving them, like knowing the, the destination is not enough, we've got to know how to get there. Exodus chapter 15, verse 26. Exodus chapter 15. God makes it very clear. He says, uh, if you diligently heed the what? Voice of the Lord, your God, and do what is right in his sight. Give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes. I will put none of the diseases on you, which I have brought on the Egyptians. For I am the Lord who heals you. This cloud told them when to camp. And this cloud told them when to get up and move on. See, sometimes we get up too soon. And sometimes we stay when we ought to have already left. Right? Because we're not following the leading of the Holy Spirit. We're not following. You know, sometimes the Holy Spirit will tell you to do things that naturally don't make any sense. Everything else says to stay, but yet you're telling me to go. And everything else is telling me to go, but you are telling me to stay. Anybody been there? Anybody ever had to fight the natural to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit? See, we've got to be led by the Spirit of God because everybody else will say, do this. And the Holy Spirit will say, no, don't do that. And Brother Hagin has many stories of that as well. Even in, in, in investing, investments. Keep your money there. Everyone says pull out. No, nope, keep your money there. And then another time, okay, go ahead and pull out. Everyone else says stay. It's, it's going to turn. It's going to, no, nope, go ahead and pull out. If we would learn to be led by the Spirit, how many things would it keep us from? How many issues? He, he, he says here, I, the Lord, am, I'm, I am the Lord that heals you. But notice that the sickness and disease was going to come as a result of getting off of what the Spirit said to do. If we don't heed his instruction, if we don't follow his word, and then we have trials and tribulations come into our life, maybe it could be a result that we weren't following the leading of the Holy Spirit. Now look at this in Isaiah chapter 55. Isaiah chapter 55. We've got to be led by the Spirit of God. And, and, and that, that, that has to, it cannot just be terminology for us anymore. It cannot be just something, oh yeah, I'm, I'm led. You know, uh, Romans chapter 8 tells us those that uh, are led by the Spirit, they are the sons of God. What that is characterizing, or what it's doing is it's characterizing the lifestyle of the believer. If you're a son or a daughter of God, you are led by His Spirit. That ought to be part of your nature. That ought to be part of your character. That ought to be what identifies you. That's a, that is a son and daughter of the King because they are only led by what the Spirit says to do. They only do what the Spirit says to do. Isaiah chapter 55, beginning with verse 6. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord and he will have mercy on him. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon now watch this. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. We've all heard these. Nor are your ways my ways, 
says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts, your thoughts. Now, many of us have heard this scripture, possibly in the context of, you know, we can never know what the Lord wants for our lives. You know, his his ways are higher than our ways. And and so, you know, whatever the Lord's will. And, and it's always uh, with with this uh, 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 nature and this idea that we can't know what God wants, so we are just strung around through life, and whatever the Lord's will, it will be done. And that's garbage teaching. That's garbage. You're telling me God has me on this planet to do His will and to do His purpose, to be His vessel to flow through, but yet He's not going to clue me in on where I need to be and what I need to do and how I need to do it. And who I need to be with when I do it? No, that's nonsense. That doesn't make any sense. That doesn't make any sense. God wants us to have direction. Just because his ways are higher than our way, what he's doing is he's identifying you've got to get outside and beyond your way of thinking. And your way of seeing. And your way of doing. You've got to get beyond that. Just because he says his ways are higher doesn't mean that he doesn't want us to. He's saying you've got to raise your thinking, right? Set your mind on what? Things above, not on things on the earth, not on things below. Set your mind on things above. Raise your thinking. Raise that, that, see, we've got the destination in mind. We know God's will, but then the how it happens is where we get lost. Anybody ever had God do something in your life, but he didn't do it the way you would do it? Well, that's not the way I would have done it. Or here, here's, here's a real good one. Well, that's not how you did it last time. See, sometimes the greatest hindrance to future victories is past victories. Because of how he did it last time, and now I have this expectation of how he's going to do it next time. So my faith isn't in the source, it's in a system. I just created a fake pattern for God. Oh, I got them figured out now. Uh, Several years ago, uh, one of the first years that we were here, I did a series called The Solution. The Solution, Understanding God's Will. And the number one factor that we learned in that series was that the the, the goal is not to know God's will. It's to know God. Because if you would get to know God, then you would know God's will. But see, we just want a pattern. And we want a system. We want God to give us A plus B equals C. And so we go through the verse and, 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 the, and oh, we go through the Bible and we come across a passage that says uh, that there was a woman with an issue of blood. And if and she had faith that if she could just touch it. And so we think that's how he's going to do it. Every, you know that, that Jesus healed several different people of deaf ears and he did it differently almost every time. He healed people of blind eyes. And one time he spit in the ground and put mud on their eyes. And another time uh, he just... He just healed him and you know, blind Bartimaeus need to throw off the cloak. I mean, we're trying to figure out patterns to God moving rather than saying, God, move. And let me just be sensitive to how you want to do it this time. 
Not thinking about how you did it last time or how you did it for sister so-and-so or for brother so-and-so. But how do you want to move in my life today? My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. My ways are higher. So you've got to raise the bar. You've got to raise. Quit, quit thinking in just your natural ability. Quit thinking in just natural terms. Quit thinking in just if, if God would speak to that person or if, or if God would move it this way. Because, you know, if you need gas in your vehicle, there's several different ways to get a blessing to you. Somebody could give you one of those Pentecostal handshakes, you know. With a $20 bill in it. Somebody, uh, somebody could, could, could say, hey, uh, I, I want to I ride with you. Um, I just want to bless you with gas today. Let's, let's go down, meet me down at the gas station. And then they actually put it in your, and they swipe their own card or do whatever. Right? There, there's multiple different, God, I'm believing for $20. I got to have. There's multiple ways that could happen. No, God doesn't want to move. God doesn't want to be restricted and limited. He just wants to move in our lives. We know the destination is blessing. We know the destination is prosperity. We know the destination. But how? This is where the cloud comes in. Because now I'm following the voice of the Holy Spirit. Now I'm being sensitive to what the Holy Spirit wants to do. But it seems to get more cloudy than it does clear. Why? Watch where we go from here. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven. Now, where do rain and snow come from? And don't say the sky. You're smarter than that. You know where it comes from. It comes from clouds. You can't get the rain without the cloud. In fact, when you see the cloud roll in, you can almost expect it's about to rain. Right? You can look at the sky and it'll tell you. I'm about. So when the Holy Spirit starts speaking and it may get cloudy, it may not provide as much clarity as you thought. It may not have been, I'm going to move on so and so and they're going to write you a check. But he may just say, I've got it taken care of. It's time to expect some rain. Come on, it's time to expect some rain. As the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and do not return there, but they water the earth, make it bring forth and bud that it may give seed to the sower, bread to the eater. Watch this. So shall my what? Word. See, we're so interested in God's ways and we disregard his word. We're so interested in what we see God do rather than what we Hear God say to do. Oh, come on. You, you, you got you to gotta get this today. You got to get this because you're wanting God to show you something and he's saying something. He's saying the clarity is in his word. Just do what I say. And then you'll see what I see. But no, so many times we want to see it before we do it. And he says, no, 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 you you don't see it, then do it. I say it, you do it, and then you see it. Oh, what did he just do? He just changed the pattern on us. And and, and sure, the, the direction that comes and the word that is spoken many times won't align with the way you think it's going to get done. 
In fact, if you tried to comprehend it and you tried to figure it out on your own, you would mess it all up anyways. Jesus said, it's better that I go to heaven. It's to your advantage so that my Holy Spirit can come come down and live inside of you. While we were... While we were ministering to the Lord, Chris pulled me aside and he said, I got this word during prayer this morning. It's amazing what you get when you pray. Why? What does prayer do? It makes you sensitive. See, this is why fasting is important. Fasting is not a diet plan. (laughs) Fasting is not a way to lose weight. Fasting, Fasting is a way to get sensitive. Why? Because... It's not because he's not speaking. It's because we're not listening. So I got to clear some stuff out of the way. When I go into my office and there's a bunch of clutter, that doesn't work for me. I don't know how, how you guys are, but for me, I can't do clutter. I, I can't have just things stacked in random places where they don't belong. So sometimes for me, if I know I've got to get to a project or I need to get in a place where I need to get a word or I need to get creative about something because I do all the the media here at the church, I will clear things out of the way. I will clear because if I can just get clear, if I can remove the distractions, now I can get focused. And so 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 Chris had this word this morning. He, He said, I just got this word phenomenon. Phenomenon. And, and, and he said he, he, he Googled it or looked it up. And, and he said it was a way that couldn't be explained or something like that. And as soon as he said that, I said, that's for, that's for my message today. Because many times the greatest hindrance in our lives to follow in the voice of the Holy Spirit is the way it has been done or the way we thought it was going to be done. And it will defy, defy logic. Defy logic. Several, several situations just in this last week. Two nights ago, a lady in our church in, in St. Augustine, Florida, had been battling cancer. Miss Jane McDaniel, I don't think anyone here is familiar with her. Wonderful lady. And uh, she passed away two nights ago. Obviously, we're standing and believing, standing on God's word. And there's some natural things that took place. But, you know, sometimes we're always looking for explanations for things. Explanations of why did this happen? Why did that happen? I know another Family out in Louisiana right now. How old is he? Three, four? I don't even think he's that old. He's got to be about four years old. Diagnosed with leukemia. And they're standing and believing. And you, you look at their posts and their updates and... It's nothing but rejoicing. It's nothing but praise. It's nothing but magnifying God. They, they don't even bother talking about the problem. They said it's not even worth talking about. We're not even going to give the devil any glory. We're not even going to tell you, well, this is what they said or they think this is going to take place. No, we're just going to magnify God because God's greater than it anyways. 
God's bigger. And what are we standing for? We're standing that he's going to be healed. We're standing that he's going to receive his full recovery in Jesus name. We're, we're believing that his blood's going to clear up. There is no question. There's no doubt. But yet what happened two nights ago can easily affect your faith for someone else's battle. Got another individual out in in Brunswick, St. Mary's. Got a text message last night of a pastor friend that I have out there. He's in our RMAI district. And last year was diagnosed with uh, throat cancer, has a tumor in his throat. Began chemotherapy just just two months ago, began chemo. And earlier this week, went into the hospital with shortness of breath and chest pains. And they said, well, it looks like it's uh, some kind of, you know, pneumonia virus. And so they've been treating it. Well, then last night out of nowhere, I get a, a text message, a phone call from our national director over in Oklahoma saying that he went code blue last night. Just out of nowhere. And now he's on life support right now. So where, where do you stand? How, how do you be led by the Spirit in these moments when, when, when everything he's saying is contrary to what they say? And what is happening around you? This is real stuff. This is real stuff. This is life and, life and death stuff. Four-year-old has no business with leukemia. That's ridiculous. No, we've got to stand on the word of God. We've got to know his word above his ways. Don't get consumed. Well, why isn't he healed yet? Why isn't he doing this? No, you just keep standing. That's exactly where the devil wants you to be. That's exactly where he wants you to be. Whatever faith battle you're in, whatever faith test or faith trial you're in. We've got to know and be sensitive and consumed. You know, that cloud, it said that Moses couldn't even enter the tabernacle because it consumed it. When's the last time we were consumed by the Holy Spirit? Consumed. No, because we're consumed with so many other things. We're consumed with did people like my post and consumed with what do they think about that? And he can't consume us when we're consumed with so much else. I'm not trying to get super serious. I'm just trying to help us understand the severity of being led by the Spirit in these last days. There's a way that seems right in man's eyes. Many are the plans of man, but what? It's the Lord's purpose. Well, what do you think the Holy Spirit's saying? In fact, Jesus told us plainly, John chapter 16. Told us plainly. Verse 13, however... When he, the spirit of what? Truth. That means he can't tell a lie. The All he's going to speak is truth. All he's going to say is truth. The spirit of truth. When he has come, 
He will guide you. You ever, has it ever dawned on anybody that we've never done this before? This is, this is your first stab at it. This is my first stab at parenting with Camden. He's it. He's the guinea pig. I don't have it all figured out. Never will. This is my first stab at pastoring. I don't have it all figured out. This is our first stab at life. This isn't our second go around. Okay, I learned it all in my first life, and so now here, my, here I am in my second life. I learned, don't get credit cards when you're 18, and, you know, don't buy a car and lease it at 12% for 30, you know, for 60 months. You don't, you, you know, you're, we're learning as we go. So you know what is helpful to have when you're learning as you go? You know what is helpful to have when you're going somewhere that you've never been? A guide. And we have a guide that's not walking it out with us. Are you hearing me? God isn't holding our hands saying, all right, let's see what's around this corner. Uh, nope, nope. Okay, let's try over here. No, he knows exactly. He says he's ordained the steps of the righteous. The Holy Spirit's already been in your future. Should you go back to school? Ask the Holy Spirit. Should you buy that vehicle? Ask the Holy Spirit. Should you go in business with that individual? Ask the Holy Spirit. Should you marry that person? Ask the Holy Spirit. Like that sounds just so simple. That just sounds so carefree. Oh, I'll just ask the Holy Spirit. No, you've got to be consumed by the Holy Spirit. And you've got to get distraction free. And I'm telling you, if you need serious answers, get with the Holy Spirit. You can ask ten people and get ten different answers. But we've got to be sensitive. Right? He's not going to shout over all your stuff. He's not going to shout over the baseball games. He's not going to shout over your initiatives and your agenda. He's not going to shout. No, you can't build your house and his house. Moses is leading out a group of people that need to know how to hear the voice. Why? Because if we don't know how to follow the Lord, walking around a, a, a city that is well fortified is the last thing they're going to think about doing. That defies logic. Throwing your robe on the water to get it to part so you can cross to the other side defies logic. Walking, stepping out of the boat on water defies in the midst of a storm. Let's forget that. It's not even like a calm afternoon, just peaceful and quiet. Oh, let's try this. No, it's the storm is raging, ripping the boat apart. And now you want to you want to revert. You're resorting to walking on the water. That's your next option. And everybody in the boat's looking at you like, are you serious? Throw in the towel. Give up. Give in. It's not worth it. Don't fight anymore. That's what people will say. Oh, you should have left him. Well, that's what the doctors say. Just do what the doctors say. Yeah, you need to file bankruptcy. That's what, that's what they would tell you to do. And we listen to man's logic. Now, we've got to learn to prioritize what we hear over what we see. You've got to prioritize what you hear over what you see. No, it's not going to look 
It's not going to make any sense out here. But it's what he said to do. When he says to camp and stay, then you camp and stay. Because that's where the resource is. But then there was one day where Elijah woke up and the brook was dried up. And ravens weren't bringing happy meals to him anymore. Said it's time to get up and go to a widow's house. Whoa, whoa, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You're providing for me here in the midst of a famine. Water. Hamburgers. Fed to me by birds. I'm not having to do anything. You're going to dry all that up and you're going to send me to a widow woman that's ready to die? She's going to cook her last meal with her and her son and her outlook on life is this is it and we're over? And that's where you're sending me for resource and for sustenance? And that's how you're going to sustain me? But that's what happens when you listen to the voice of the Spirit. Because everybody else would have said, Dad, where are you going? Stay. Why are you leaving? Why are you going? She can't do anything for you. She can't even take care of herself. It's amazing where God will send you. But he always sends you where the resource is. When he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority. The Holy Spirit isn't telling us what he thinks. He's telling us what God says. You, you ever notice that? That, that? that people, they love to tell you what they think. Have, you, have we learned that yet? We really value our own opinions, don't we? We love what we think. We love what we think. And the Holy Spirit, he doesn't even dare say what he thinks. Oh, well, he's the Holy Spirit. Of course he's going to agree with God. Well, then why did Jesus put in there that the Holy Spirit won't speak on his own initiative? He wouldn't have to say that if the Holy Spirit had the ability to say whatever he wanted to. Right? That's like Jesus saying, I only do the will of the Father. I'm not here doing my own will. I only do. He wouldn't have to say that if he had thoughts at times that said, now, you know, I could do this. I could go here. I could leave these crazy disciples here. They all picking on each other, fighting with one another. You know, these are going to be the world changes. This is who's going to establish my church. This is who I'm going to use to build my church. Got people uh, cutting off ears and fighting with each other. Who's going to be seated at the right hand of the father? No, Jesus said, no, 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 I'm only here to do what my father says. If he doesn't say it, I don't do it. So we can be convinced, confident. See, my confidence isn't in what I see. My confidence is what he said. The Bible says God is not the author of confusion. It says he doesn't author it. Doesn't mean it won't come. But you know, the, the only reason we're confused is because we're still relying on our own ability just a little bit. Confusion means to be diverted between two things. You, you can't be confused if you only know one way. 
if I trust in His way and His way alone, I can't be confused. It might seem confusing. might not be a whole lot of clarity. I might not be able to give you all the right answers to say how this is going to work out. I just know. I just have a confident assurance within by the Holy Spirit that he's going to show up. A confidence assurance within me. It doesn't matter what's going on around me. It's based on the Holy Spirit within me that determines my next step and what direction I head. Because sometimes the destination's over there, but God needs me to come over here. Right. Sometimes I need to get over here. But God says, I need you to go to Samaria. I need you to go talk to this woman. Why? Because God has a plan, not just for you, but for everything you come into contact with. Sure, there's some detours, sidetracks, rabbit trails. But God has a purpose for all of it. God has a purpose for all of it. God has a purpose for all of it. Father, we thank you for your purpose. Thank you for your plan. We thank you for your direction. Father, even when it doesn't seem like the right way. Father, may we be a church that is not led by what seems or how we feel. We don't want to be led by our feelings. We want to be led by faith. By faith and trust in you. A confident assurance in your direction. Even when it doesn't seem to head in the the direction of our destination. We know that you work all things together, right? You work all things together for the good of those who love you and are called according to your purpose. If we're not following your purpose, things may not work out. But when we know that we're called according to your purpose and we make your purpose our priority, we can know that even what seems bad, just as you did with Joseph, you will turn for good. Father, we thank you that you are giving us direction by your Holy Spirit. We thank you that you are leading us, speaking to us. We will be sensitive to the voice of the Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.